Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. I've got a really special one for you today. This episode is actually completely unlike anything I've ever shared on this podcast before for a few reasons. But before I get into that, I wanted to give you just a few announcements and updates on what is going on with Pursuit of Bliss. So first of all, I am currently in Joshua Tree, California. If you've ever been here, you know it is magical. It is energetic. It is a vortex of energy. I spent the last few days in LA, in Laguna, in Huntington, uh, checking out Southern California. I am on the hunt for my dream apartment slash home. Uh, many of you already know this, so that is kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm in Joshua Tree, enjoying nature and chilling out, creating some incredible, incredible content and new podcasts for all of you. And then I am heading off to Arizona. And it's been really amazing because when I'm in these new places, I found I have this rush of creative energy that I don't have when I you know, stay in one place. I don't know if anyone else is like this, but when I travel, when I move around, I have creative energy like nothing else. So I'm creating so much new content and videos and podcasts and and so much for all of you that I will most likely be announcing soon. But I wanted to let you know that I have created a free training. So I have free manifestation trainings that I've been leading every single week, been getting incredible feedback on them. People are manifesting money just by being on the trainings because they're so high vibe. But I do realize that a lot of people have not been able to make them live because of different time zones. So I've decided to make them available for all of you to fit into whatever time zone you are in. So I have a website. It's called manifestwithkristen.com. So Kristen spelled K-R-I-S-T-E-N, manifestwithkristen.com. If you go here on any internet browser, it'll take you directly there to my free training. So I highly recommend if you haven't been to one of them yet, if you're interested in a manifestation and changing your life, attracting a more abundant life, manifesting your dream life, this is the best place for you to start. So make sure you check out manifestwithkristen.com, check out the training, let me know what you think of it. So that's kind of a little update on me, what's going on in my life. I'm in the search for my dream apartment and I'll keep you all updated as I continue to manifest it. And I also wanted to let you guys know, if you have any requests for topics you want me to share on the podcast, you can send me an email at hello at pursuitofbliss.net. Send an email to myself and my team and we'll go through the requests and I will be creating podcast episodes for some of the most requested topics. So make sure you do that if you have a topic or a question that you've just been waiting to ask and haven't heard the answer yet or you just haven't been able to figure it out or it's just like burning manifestation topic that no one's covered yet make sure you email that over to us now I want to get into this episode because it's so incredible so on this podcast episode I have a conversation with 
Ali Bonar. She is just a beautiful human being <laughs> inside out. I've connected with her a couple months ago on Instagram and just fell in love with everything that she shares. So this podcast, like I said, is a little bit different than the average podcast. My typical podcast, I'm talking about spirituality and manifestation and mindset. And while this does go hand in hand with all of that, the main topic of this episode is body image. And I want to preface this with saying this episode is for everyone. It's not just for those of us who identify as women. It is for if you are a human being, if you have a beating heart, this episode is for you, right? Because this does not just affect women. It affects every single human being. And I've actually had so many people reaching out to me in the past couple of months asking how to manifest their dream bodies and asking how to manifest a weight, right? People want to lose weight or they want to know how to manifest away their body dysmorphia or eating disorders or disordered eating or whatever it might be. So I thought it would be really helpful to bring on someone who is more of an expert in this field. And this is highly related to manifestation, right? Because having self-judgment, having self-hate, self-resentment, guilt, shame around self, whether it's body or anything else, that is that can deeply affect the manifestation process. This is why I talk so much about self-worth and this goes hand in hand with self-worth. And I, most of you probably don't know this, but when I started my podcast over a year ago, it originally was started to be a health and wellness podcast. I actually recorded three or four episodes on healthy eating and body image and body dysmorphia, all the topics we talk about here and more. And I never published any of them because I changed the vibe of the podcast and it felt a little bit too vulnerable for me because I shared about my own journey. You know, when I went through college, as I think a lot of us, especially women in college, but men as well, or truly anyone, um, there's a lot of pressure to look a certain way. And I had my own struggle with disordered eating for probably three years and didn't completely get over that until the last really year, year and a half. And I've never truly shared a lot of that journey. And so I do share a lot of that with you in this episode. And Allie gets really vulnerable as well, sharing her journey. And I think a lot of you will relate to this. So we're going to talk about body image, body dysmorphia, disordered eating, uh, manifesting your dream body, self-love. We get really deep into self-love, like true self-love and what that means and body neutrality versus body love or body hate. So I highly recommend you listen to this one all the way to the end because you're not going to want to miss any of this. So if you have ever had any self-judgment or shame or guilt around yourself or your body, And if you've lived in the society that I live in, you most likely have because we're pressured. We are so pressured to look a certain way and show up a certain way and wear a certain kind of clothing and, you know, look a certain way in a bathing suit. And if you've ever felt any of that, this episode is for you. And I think it's really, really, really important. And it just needed to be addressed. It needed to be shared. And so I hope that this episode serves you. I know that it will serve you. So here is Allie and I hope you all love this conversation as much as I did. Hello, Allie, and thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Oh, hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here, talk all about body image, and excited to get into it. (laughs) Yes, let's do it. And before we get into it, because there's so much to get into and you have so much knowledge to share, do you want to give an introduction on kind of who you are and what you do and all that fun stuff for people who maybe don't know you? 
Totally. Yeah. So hi, everyone. I'm Allie. Um, I live in San Diego. I was actually um, raised in San Diego, but lived, moved up to the Bay Area for a little bit. And now I'm back down here to start my food company um, or to run my food company. Actually, we started like two years ago. <laughs> um, time flies when you're working all the time. But um, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, my journey with food and my body really goes back to um, high school. I think a lot of people experience, um, some sort of form of, you know, just being aware of, um, their body as it relates to their environment, um, in high school, cause you're going through puberty and, you know, high school is just a, a weird time, I think for everyone, um, lots of emotions and hormones mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. So I grew up playing volleyball, um, obviously super active, you know, living in San Diego, always at the beach, always, you know, in my bathing suit. So I was very aware of my body, I think from an early age in that sense. Um, and never had, you know, a lot of people who struggle with body image issues, like they had maybe a friend or a parent say something like, Oh, you should really lose weight. Like I actually never had any, um, I grew up in a very, you know, supportive, like my parents were always like, we kind of joke in my family, like my mom, like congratulated me for breathing because she was always just so supportive and like, good job, Allie, like with no matter what I did. And so I think a lot of this insecurity and body image stuff really came from the inside and, and me just being, um, I think it's just human nature, you know, for us to compare ourselves to what other people are doing or what other people are eating. And so I think, especially in our society as women, it's really tough, you know, um, being surrounded by magazines. Like when I was growing up, I didn't have Instagram, but like, um, I'm 27, but like we had, you know, magazines and, and TV and stuff. And just seeing that, you know, the way these models looked was completely different than the way I looked growing up. And so I was like, what's wrong with me? Right. Cause you see them as being famous and, you know, in the magazine. So you're like, I guess this is what I'm supposed to look like to be loved and to fit in and be popular and all that. So, I mean, that really continued all through high school and then going into college. Um, and so I went on to study nutrition in college. I went to school up in the Bay area and just really, you know, went into it for the wrong reasons. I was like, the more I learn about nutrition, like I'm going to just unlock this secret to, you know, losing weight or mastering. I felt like I could just like conquer my body, um, which was a terrible way to go into it really. And so, you know, rather than, I know a lot of people talk about how learning about nutrition actually um, really helped heal their relationship with food because that information, you know, just served as a tool for them to really, um, you know, not be as emotional about it. But for me, it actually was the opposite where I was just so obsessed. Like the more I learned, it was like, I couldn't get enough. Like the more I learned, the more I learned, the more perfectly I wanted to eat. Right. And, um, and so it was really just a mental prison that I had like created for myself. And, you know, I'm in college, so I'm still trying to be social and I'm going out and partying and like on the outside, I looked very normal. Like I wasn't severely malnourished. I wasn't emaciated. And I think that's something we can get into, but I really want to talk about how, you know, disordered eating is such a spectrum and it's really a mental, um, it's a state of mind. It's not, you know, you can be any weight and have disordered eating patterns. So that was also something that kept me stuck for a long time. Cause I was like, I don't look anorexic, you know, I don't look like this stereotypical frail woman. Um, and so I was like, maybe I'm not sick enough, you know, or maybe I'm not doing it right. Not that I wanted to be like a skeleton, but I was just always chasing this, you know, unattainable, like body type. Um, 
And then on the flip side, none of my friends knew because I looked the same as I do today. Like it was just, you know, I was restricting my food and, um, and then I was going through periods of binging. And so like, ultimately I was probably consuming the same amount of calories as I, like, as I would just eating normally, but it was just this, yeah, restrict binge cycle, which we also can get into. So long story short, you know, I graduate college and I moved to San Francisco and I'm working in tech doing the whole like nine to five adulting thing. And I'm really just like sick of it. I'm like, you know, if, if you ever have had struggled with food, like, you know, how much headspace it takes up in your day to day. And it's just, it's, it's exhausting, honestly. And so I was so over it. I was like, you know, I'm an adult now, like <laughs> I'm out of college. This, I shouldn't be dealing with this. And so I reached out for help, um, and found this amazing woman actually on Instagram, which is wild, um, who really helped me just shift my whole mindset around food from this place of, you know, really quantitative, like calories, grams, you know, macros to like qualitative, just, you know, the quality of the food. How does this food make your body feel? Um, and really just, yeah, nourishing my body from a really holistic place and also nourishing my soul, you know, with like tacos and pizza and things that I was like so terrified of for so long. Um, and so I got to this place, you know, where I am today, which is obviously it's a journey. It's not, I, I feel like there's no end goal where you're like, okay, I'm, I've arrived, you know, I'm at this perfect relationship with food. Um, you know, as we were talking about right before we started recording, like I've found myself emotionally eating, you know, a lot more frequently than I have, um, due to everything going on in the world and all, you know, all the current events and stuff. So it's definitely a journey. I think it's something that, you know, will always be just, not like an issue for me, but just something that I think I'll have to, you know, just watch. And luckily, you know, I've done the work. I have the tools now where, you know, when these thoughts come up around food or my body, like I can just acknowledge them and, and, you know, with meditation and stuff, that's helped a ton and just see that they're there, but not really respond to them. Where in the past I would be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm having this urge to binge. Like I have to just go binge. Right. And now it's like, okay, thank you brain. Like for that. You're observing them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, thank you for that. You know, delightful commentary, but like, I'm not going to follow that thought. So, um, yeah. So then really that was kind of my journey with food. And then I also run a food company, as I mentioned. So, um, it's called queen and really the whole, you know, premise with that was, um, I, we have a product called granola butter and, um, it's a nut free spread. So it's oat based, perfect for anyone who, you know, has nut allergies or a lot of the schools are nut free now. Um, and really the idea behind that was, you know, when I was in recovery, I couldn't digest nuts cause I'd restricted them for so long. And my poor body was like, you know, what is this? Like all of a sudden I was going zero to hundred, putting almond butter on everything. Cause I'm like, I'm supposed to eat all the things. Right. And like, I felt so weighed down, so sluggish, um, and nothing against nut butter. Just like at the time it was like not ideal for mm-hmm. me to be consuming that much. And so started looking for something nut free. Um, and then that's where the idea for granola butter was born. And so, yeah, we're about two years old and it's just crazy. I think, you know, going from this place of being terrified of food to now like surrounded by it, <laughs> like running a food company, yeah. it's like and having a food Instagram and stuff. And so I really just want to, you know, like share with people who are listening that maybe are struggling, like it's healing and get like reaching this place where you don't think about food all the time. And just having this normalcy around food is so possible. Like I was so deep in it. I was like, I'm never going to heal. And like, I'm fine. (laughs) Like, you know, it's, it's totally possible. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and my journey in a nutshell. Thank you for sharing that. And I just got chill so many times because 
I feel like I went through a very similar journey. When you were talking about your college experience, I went through the same thing. I started minoring in nutrition and studying it like a crazy person. And it just led me into this like deep dive into really disordered eating habits. And I was obsessive with food. And I would check my stomach in the mirror, you know, every couple hours to see if it was flat or not, you know, and you know, counting all of my calories and only eating fruit for breakfast. And like the list goes on and it took me years to get out of it. I didn't even know it was a problem at the time. I just thought I was being super healthy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And now looking back, I'm like, wow, that was not super healthy, Kristen. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point that you brought up, especially with today. It's like, you know, the wellness industry and like you look on Instagram and everyone is almost like out competing each other to like be the most well. And Mm -hmm. it's hard. Like, I think for me too, you know, I was studying nutrition. And so all my friends, like they didn't see my disordered habits, right? They didn't see that I was eating, you know, only vegetables, right. For most of my meals. Cause they're like, Oh, Allie's the healthy one. Like she just likes, she's a nutrition major. Like she just likes to eat healthy and I'm like dying inside, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's crazy. I've heard that from so many people where, you know, there's almost this, um, yeah, I don't know. It's not denial, but it kind of is where, you know, you don't even see your disordered patterns. Cause you're like, well, I'm just being healthy, I guess. Yeah. It's like denial of yourself that you have a problem. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's hard to be like, Hey, this is actually a problem in my life. Like no one wants to admit that they have a problem, especially when you're in college. Right. And you're supposed to be having the time of your life. And so for me, it was like, Nope, never going to admit this. If anyone ever said anything, I would get so mad. Mm -hmm. You know, I was so defensive about it. And, you know, I guess for anyone who maybe can relate to this or has had experiences like this, or maybe just has some concerns right now about how much they're thinking about food or obsessing over it. What would you say are like first steps in starting that healing journey or what really worked for you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I would say, I mean, obviously everyone's different and your, you know, relationship to food, as I mentioned, I think it's such a spectrum. Um, and you can be, there's definitely, you know, a standard like eating disorder where, you know, anorexia, bulimia, you're, you know, severely undernourished, you probably have to go into inpatient therapy. Um, For what I'm speaking to, it's really more disordered eating. And I know like the terms are kind of confusing, but it's really just this pattern of thinking around food where maybe, you know, it could be as, as little as, um, you know, you just think about food a lot. Like when you're making yourself breakfast, you're like, Hmm, okay, what am I going to have for lunch? And kind of like planning ahead. And that's not always disordered. I mean, there's definitely times where I'm like, Ooh, I'm excited to like go to dinner with my girlfriends and you know, where are we going to eat and what am I going to have? And, but I think, you know, just intuitively, you know, mm-hmm. if something is like a little off, um, and then it could be, you know, just different disordered eating patterns and habits, you know, maybe if, you have, you know, you're afraid of carbs. Um, you, you set food rules for yourself. So it's like not eating after a certain time, um, you know, tons of things. And, um, and I just think the biggest tip that I have a couple things. So the first thing is really tell someone, um, I think for me, as I mentioned, like the hardest thing it's it's such an isolating thing to go through because you're like, first of all, you're feeling, you know, weird and ashamed and just guilty that you're doing this. And you also are kind of feeling like, well, no one really understands, or, you know, I don't want to talk to anyone about it. And it just creates this really, yeah, isolating, lonely feeling. And, um, I felt for a long time, like, oh, I can figure it out on my own. You know, I was very type a overachieving perfectionist. And I was like, I can handle this. And plus, you know, as you mentioned, I didn't really think it was a problem. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to, you know, better myself. Like I had this very high and mighty complex and 
I talked about this recently on my page, but like I would seriously feel like I was a better person than other people because of the way that I ate. Like yeah, I, I was, was the same way. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, ugh, like all my, you know, all my like college sorority sisters are like pigging out on like disgusting chicken fingers and French fries. And like, I had this higher, you know, mightier than thou, like complex of just like, oh, I'm untouchable, you know? And it's just so messed up in hindsight. And um, yeah. And so I think talking to someone was really, really helpful for me. As I mentioned, you know, I found this woman on Instagram who's a nutritional therapist. So it can be someone who's a professional. It can be, um, you know, it could be a parent, it could be a friend. And a lot of people struggle with talking about it because they don't want to, you know, they're embarrassed or they don't want to, they're shameful about it. But something that really helped me was kind of just, you know, flipping if the tables were turned and your best friend came to you and was like, Hey, I'm really struggling with food right now. Like, you know, you don't have to do anything. I just want someone to talk to about it. Like, I just need to tell you, like, you would have nothing but love, you know, for them and you would open your arms and, um, and support them and you wouldn't think they were weird or judge them. Um, and so, you know, why are we so hard on ourselves? Why do we think that other people are going to judge us for something we're going through? Cause like, really, I mean, we're all human. Everyone has different issues. Like some people struggle with alcohol or gambling or, you know, shopping addictions and some people struggle with food. Like it's all, you know, it's all human. So telling someone would be the first thing. Um, the second thing I think would be stop restricting. So obviously everyone's situation was different, but for me, I noticed, you know, I would restrict myself either literally like restrict, you know, food or calories, um, or I would restrict myself emotionally. So a lot of people don't talk about that, but you know, even when I was eating adequate amounts of food, I was still finding myself binging and overeating at times because emotionally I was not allowing myself to really enjoy the food I was eating fully. So like, maybe I'd be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, let myself have some ice cream or something, but the whole time I'm eating it, I'm like saying to myself, I shouldn't be having this. Like, this is going to make me fat, you know, all of these things. And so I'm still restricting myself, but it's like this emotional pleasure that you're restricting yourself from. So I was still finding myself overeating and binging. And, um, you know, that's not the case for everyone. I think some people restrict food and they don't experience the, you know, the binge part of things. But if you are struggling with binging, I think, you know, really just allowing yourself to go through this honeymoon period of eating all the things. And like, you know, you might gain weight. And like, I definitely did for a little bit. I remember letting myself, you know, just have ice cream for like pretty much every meal for a couple days. And then I was like, I cannot look at another (laughs) freaking carton of ice cream. (laughs) Like I am gonna, you know, lose it. I'm like, I need a vegetable. And our bodies are so, so smart. And like, really getting to this place, you know, where you trust your body is the end goal, right? So Mm -hmm. you're not relying on these out, you know, outside sources for, to tell you how much to eat or when to eat. And like, you know, things like intermittent fasting and all that, I think they can be great tools. You know, I'm not anti diet. I'm not anti weight loss, but I think we have gotten to this place where, you know, we're so surrounded by social media and these influencers and, you know, fitness professionals that, that we feel like they know more about our bodies than we do. And, you know, I know you're all about this and intuition and everything. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's our bodies. Like we're all so different. And I remember seeing, you know, something on Instagram like a year or two ago where everyone was eating like fruit first in the morning. And it was like, you know, fruit by itself in the morning. I was like, oh, and they, you know, they made it look so glamorous and like all these like beautiful tan Australian influencers are like, eating fruit. I'm, like oh, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. I'm, like, oh my God. Like I have to do this. Like I have yeah. to do this to be well. And so I started doing it and like, 
I have, um, you know, Hashimoto's, which is like a thyroid thing. And just my blood sugar has always been super like, you know, sensitive. And so I've actually never done well with fruit. Like I feel really good with, you know, higher fat, higher protein, lower carb, just way of eating. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this. And I felt like such trash, like headache. I was so shaky. My blood sugar was all over the place. And I remember pushing through because I was like, maybe I just need to like adjust. And I'm like, all these people look so vibrant and glowing, you know, eating all this fruit. And I remember finally, you know, my boyfriend, Eric is like voice of reason, you know, so logical. And he's like, Allie, what are you doing? Like, this is clearly not working (laughs) for you. And I was like, you're right. I don't know. And I went back to my, you know, eggs and avocado and I felt so calm and like, you know, my blood sugar was stable. And it was just this moment where I'm like, wow, like I really was, you know, I didn't listen to my body. I was like, shut up body. You know, Instagram is like the, the light is the way. Right. And so, Yeah. I think getting back to this place where you really tune in and, you know, social media can be great. It can serve as an inspiration for recipes and inspiration for, you know, different ways of eating that you didn't think of. But I think going back to, to listening to your body is most important. Um, and then the last tip. So yeah. So first, you know, tell someone second, you have to stop restricting, um, third, listen to your body. And I, I would say the last thing is you have to want, um, you have to want recovery more than you want to be skinny. So there was this time where I was like kind of half-ass wanting recovery. I was like, I really want to heal my relationship with food, but like, I also want to look like a Victoria's Secret model. Mm. (laughs) And it's like, you know, I just, I don't think you can do both at the same time um, in my experience. And, you know, it just goes back to, you know, what is your why? Like, why do you want to heal your relationship with food? Um, There was also a time where I wanted to heal my relationship with food, but that was only because I wanted to stop overeating and stop binge eating. Um, Like I was like, sure, let's keep restricting. Like, that's great. And it's like, you have to really come at it, you know, from a holistic place where you're like, if I gain weight, fine. If I stay the same weight, fine. If I lose weight, fine. Like, but really being okay with whatever happens and surrendering and, and just knowing, you know, that in the end, it's going to be so worth it to heal, like heal your relationship with food is so worth it because you just get your mind, mind space back. Like you have so much headspace. You have, you know, time to think about other things that are way more important. Like, you know, for me, I couldn't have started my business if I, um, you know, if I was thinking about food all the time. And so, yeah, especially as women, I think it's so important. I mean, we have so many things going on in our lives that are way more important than how we look and what we're eating. So those are my four tips. Obviously everyone's different and, you know, I'm not a doctor or anything, but, um, just personally, that's what helped me. Totally. And that was extremely powerful. And I really liked how you talked about, you know, the tools and some things work, some things don't. And I think, at least for me, it's really important to understand the intention behind why I'm doing what I'm doing. I, you mentioned intermittent fasting and like triggered this memory. I went through this time period where I was like intensely intermittent fasting and it would be like, I wouldn't allow myself a bite of food until like 1 PM, even if I was starving mm-hmm. at 10 AM, you know, I wasn't listening to my intuition. I was like, Nope, I got to hit 2 PM. And it was under the cover of this is spiritual, right? Got to mm. fast, got to get closer to my highest self, my intuition, like all these spiritual people do this. But really the real intention was I want to be skinny. I want to be thin, right? Mm. And this was just the return of my old stories around food coming back under like the disguise of something good. And I think it's really important. I love that you mentioned that because for people to understand that, you know, it's not always the diet or the tool or the process. It's like the intention behind it, but oftentimes the intention behind the intention behind the intention (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it can be masked. 
Totally. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I also know you're ch- chatting before this. I was telling you, I have a lot of women, actually also men, right? Not just women reaching out to me about wanting to manifest their dream bodies and also people reaching out about, you know, how to manifest away body image issues and things like that. And I really want to talk about that because I think the biggest thing with wanting to manifest a dream body is a lot of people come from the place of resisting and hating their current body, right? Mm-hmm. Which obviously what we resist persists. So I'd love to hear your perspective on, um, you know, how can we desire to change our bodies while at the same time having that healthy relationship with our bodies? Mm, and is yeah. that possible? And I know you talked about this in a recent post and I love the way you put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. That's such a great such a great question. Yeah. So timely. Um, so I just shared about this, I think yesterday or the day before, but yeah, it's this concept of, you know, can you love your body and want to change it at the same mm-hmm. time? And for me, I, you know, wholeheartedly believe yes. And I know that within the intuitive eating, you know, anti-diet sort of arena that, um, I sort of play in, um, a lot of people would disagree with me and say, no, like you have to, you know, love and accept your body the way that it is. And, you know, I, I just, the reason that I say yes is because I think that, the only way you really can create long lasting change in your body is through self-love and, you know, really there's nothing wrong with wanting to change your body because like, I think the, the issue that we get to is if you are wanting to change your body, but it's from this place of, you know, I'll be happy when I look a certain way. Right. And so I kind of, I want to share an example because when I was in college, probably I think it was freshman year, I was at my lowest weight and I was so depressed, so anxious. Um, You know, I had just broken up with my high school boyfriend. We were doing long distance. It was like that whole classic, Mm -hmm. like high school to college thing. And I was at my lowest weight and I remember coming home and all of my high school friends were saying, "Um, oh my God, what's your secret? You look so great. And I remember just wanting to tell them anxiety, depression, (laughs) you know, like not eating because I hate myself um, and all of these things. And it's just so crazy because if you were to just see a picture of me and you would, you know, look at like the before and after that you see all over Instagram, you'd be like, oh wow, she probably is happier in her after picture. And it's just not true. And I think just realizing, you know, you think you're going to be happier when you get to this goal weight and maybe it's not losing weight. Maybe it's gaining muscle or whatever someone's goal is to change their bodies. I think if you truly understand that changing your body will not bring you any sort of happiness or any sort of fulfillment other than just, you know, you set a goal for yourself and you want to achieve it. And that can be anything, could be a fitness goal, it could be a weight loss goal or whatever. You know, I think realizing that is is the only way that you can change your body in a way that I think is sustainable and long lasting and also from a place of love. Because I see it all the time when people are like, I love my body now, but like, I just want to lose 10 pounds and then I'll love it even more. And it's Mm. like, but you're going to get to those, you're going to lose those 10 pounds and then you're going to find other things that you want to change. Like, it's just the way our human brain works. Right. And so, um, you know, I think a different way to approach that is kind of like, I want to see what my body can do. Um, and just, I want to see what I'm capable of. Um, almost like, you know, goal setting with anything. I mean, think about, you know, in your business, like for me, I love what I've created with my business. I, you know, we're, you know, a million dollar business and like, it's incredible. But at the same time, I want to see what we're capable of. Like, I want to see 
how much further we can grow. And, you know, it's this like appreciation for what you have right now, but also kind of just like pushing the limits. Um, and then also not getting down on yourself if you don't like reach those things either. Mm -hmm. So it's tricky. I think it's definitely, you know, it's different for everyone. And, um, as I mentioned, I'm sure some people will disagree with me because, you know, the realm of body image is very, um, polarizing, but for me, I really thrive when I do have a goal and, you know, maybe it's not a weight loss goal. That's not what things are looking like for me right now, but it could be like, you know, lately it's been, I've been trying to do more pushups and like get more upper body strength. And so it's like just having a fitness goal with that has been really helpful. Cause sometimes it's very demotivating when like you don't have a goal and you're like, well, I just accept my body like the way it is. And you're like, okay, but I don't know, I'm super competitive. So I'm like, well, why would I want to work out? Right? Like, mm -hmm. of course it makes me feel good. And it's like mental health and everything, but sometimes having a goal is really motivating and it's really fun. And it, you know, especially if you're doing it with friends or family or something. So that's kind of my thought on that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I love that making the goal about kind of like how you want to feel rather than how you want to look. And I totally agree with you with on that you can love where you are and still want to be somewhere else. Cause it's the same thing I teach around. I teach a lot around manifesting money and it's the same thing. People think that when they have, you know, 10,000 more dollars, they're going to be happier. Right. Just like people think when I have, you know, when I'm 10 less pounds, I'm going to be happier. And it's just not true. Right. It's just, it's going to magnetize what you already feel and you're going to find another place that you need to be. So it's all about having the gratitude and love for where you are. I think whether it's body or money or anything, while at the same time, acknowledging that there is something else that you desire, which is okay. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is so freaking powerful. Mm -hmm. And I guess for people who are resonating with this and they're like, yes, I love this message. Great. Now, how do I start loving my body where it's at? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, so what's the process or I guess like what worked in your life of like starting to actually genuinely have that self-love for where you're at? Totally. Yeah. That's a great segue question. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough for me to really go, or it was tough for me to go from this place of shitting on my body, literally like look every time I look in the mirror, just talking negative, terrible things that I would never say to anyone else except myself. Mm -hmm. Um, every time I looked in the mirror, it was hard for me mentally to really bridge that gap between doing that to this place of like, you know, snow white, like springing out of bed, having like birds chirping and like twirling naked and looking at myself in the mirror and being like, I love my body. Like mm -hmm. I just didn't see how I was ever going to be that person. And that's what I thought of when I heard this term, like body love or, you know, self-love or anything like that. And so I love this term body neutrality. I think it's really helpful and beneficial for people who are kind of just starting on their, um, self-love journey. And really the idea behind it is just like, exactly what it sounds like, you know, feeling neutral towards your body. Really your body is just like, we're just, it, it's just a meat suit. Like we're just, mm -hmm. it's just our vessel, right? Like it's, it's just home for your soul. It is. And like, you know, we can appreciate it for sure. We can say like, thank you body for, you know, taking me to, from point A to point B, but like, we don't also have to place so much emphasis on our bodies, which I think, you know, the whole, like, really like body positive, you know, feeling so like loving towards our bodies. Sometimes it puts a lot of extra energy and a lot of 
emphasis and stress on thinking about our bodies. And so it causes a lot of people to overthink about it. Um, where neutrality was kind of a nice, like, you know, baby step for me because it was like, oh, okay, you know, I can just get to this place where I look in the mirror and I don't talk shit about my body. And that was like my first goal, right? And so I would say for anyone who maybe is having negative thoughts, say you look in the mirror, the first thing is just to notice those thoughts. Um, and a lot of this comes from, you know, mindful me mindfulness meditation, but just notice that those thoughts are there. Like be a scientist, don't judge yourself and just be like, hmm, that's interesting. Why do I say that I hate my thighs, you know? And maybe look back into your childhood. Like was there, did someone say something about your thighs? Did your parents say something? Um, did you have a best friend who had really skinny thighs and you could, you know, like there's so many things that it could be. And it was actually really you know, helpful for me to, to go to therapy and talk through a lot of these things because sometimes, you know, things from our childhood, we don't even realize play like a huge role in shaping how we see the world and how we see ourselves. Um, and so that really was helpful for me kind of going back to like past, you know, mini traumas within my childhood. And I had like a very, you know, blessed childhood. Like I wasn't, you know, didn't grow up in like a traumatic household or anything, but regardless, we all experience trauma, like in some way, at some level, and it shapes how we see ourselves. So um, I would say, yeah, that's the first thing is just noticing when those thoughts appear and then, you know, slowly shifting those thoughts. So our brains are so powerful, so capable of shifting um, thoughts in ways that we, you know, think about ourselves and our bodies. So, you know, slowly starting to replace those thoughts with just more constructive thoughts and, um, you know, things that are more empowering. And um, you just, you're not going to ever hate yourself into a body into a thin body, right? Like you're never going to, it's, and if you do, it's not going to last long. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think if you are looking to lose weight, if you are looking to change your body, you know, really coming at it from a place of self-love and true, you know, doing what's best for your body and nourishing it and letting it rest. And, um, I think so many of us like beat ourselves into the ground, trying to do 5,000 things and really just slowing down, taking care of ourselves. Um, and again, you know, tuning in, tapping into our intuition, but that would be like the big thing is just, you know, recognizing those thoughts. Um, I would say a second thing that was really helpful for me was, um, like doing a social media detox. So, you know, going through who I was following, I used to hate follow Victoria's Secret models all the time. And I was like, if I see their like skinny ass little body, it's going to motivate me to go to the gym and like nothing against them. I'm sure they're beautiful right. people inside, but like it just, it was a me thing. Right. And it's like, it's nothing against those people. And like Instagram has this awesome feature that has, you know, the mute feature where you don't even have to unfollow them. Like you can just mute them. Um, cause I have some people, you know, that trigger me to this day, but like maybe for business reasons, I'm like, I can't unfollow them right now. Um, so that's huge because really I think subconsciously, you know, who you follow that that's like what you're seeing all the time. And I've really diversified, you know, my feet, especially since like the Black Lives Matter movement, I was like, oh my God, I'm not following any black influencers. Like what the heck, you know? And so now it's like not even different, you know, races and ethnicities are on my feed, but different body sizes. And, um, you know, now that I'm seeing, you know, different fat influencers and, you know, body positive influencers. And it's like, oh my gosh, like I just, my, my perception of the human body is shifting where I'm not just seeing one version of what beauty is supposed to look like. So that's one thing. I would say the last thing too is doing um, just like an audit of your friends, like, and who you're spending your time with. Um, you know, growing up in San Diego, it's like pretty superficial place to live. You know, everyone is like very into how they look. Everyone's at the beach. And so I really had to do an audit of, you know, who am I spending my time with? Like, what are these people talking about? Are they talking about, oh, I look so fat in this today? Or like, 
you know, whatever, or are they talking about deeper things? And, um, yeah, I mean, your time is so valuable and it's like, don't spend time with people that make you feel like shit. <laughs> basically. Right. Yeah. That was big for me in my life as well, because I, especially in college had a group of friends who were kind of like that, right? Like talking about how awful their body looked that day or, you know, and that would trigger me all the time. And when I detox that it became much easier for me on my own healing journey to get where I am. So I think that's, that's huge. And, um, you know, I, I know you mentioned the beach and I know a lot of women, I'm probably men as well, feel really uncomfortable, even like showing up in their bodies. I know for me, it was like, I used to feel like if I didn't have a flat stomach, I couldn't be seen in a bathing suit. You know, I used to think like, oh, if I lean over and there's rolls, I'm not going to have any more friends. Like everyone's going to hate me. Like no guy will ever like me. Mm -hmm. um, and it was so traumatizing, even though I knew that these weren't true, I couldn't get past them. So, you know, for people who have that fear around showing their bodies, like, is there anything that's worked for you? Mm, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me, you know, and I live right on the beach, I go to the beach every day and I see these, I see people, normal bodies, right? And I never judge them. I never think, oh, why are they wearing a bathing suit? Like <laughs> the only time I have said that is like when I accidentally walked to the naked beach and there was like all these old, <laughs> old naked, all these old naked men. And I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, wait, 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 abort mission. Like I need to turn around. Oh, don't um, blame you. <laughs> yeah. But like, no, I mean, you never look at people's bodies on the beach, mm. other people you don't know and say like, oh my God, they should not be wearing a bathing suit. And so why would you say that about yourself? Like, it, it's just, we're so, again, so hard on ourselves all the time. And like, another thing is, I mean this with love, but like, no one cares. Like, no one is looking at you. And mm. this is me talking to myself because I was very much like self-centered where I was like, oh my God, like everyone's judging how I look. Like, it's same with you. Like, yeah. I can't, can't go to the beach unless I am seriously rock hard abs, like no jiggle, you know, whatever. Yep. And it's like, why do I think that people are looking at me? Like, you know, is it like people are in their own worlds. They're probably worried about what they look like, you know, like everyone is so in their own thing that I'm sure like no one is even noticing. Yeah. So that was also really helpful. Kind of just like took a weight off my shoulders where I was like, yeah, you're right. You know? Um, and also just like, it, 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 the amount of energy we spend on, you know, focusing on what we look like at the beach or at the pool or the lake or wherever you are, you know, channel, redirect and channel that energy into being present and spending time with the people that you're there with and, you know, and playing in the water because those are going to be the memories. You're not going to look back and be like, oh, remember how good I looked on the beach like 4th of July 20 years ago? I mean, maybe you'll say that when you're like an old, <laughs> you know, like when you're a mom, you're like, I used to be so hot, but, but you'll probably say it jokingly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're really not going to think about that. You're going to be like, wow, I really, you know, that was such an awesome 4th of July that we had with, you know, these people and like we, we made s'mores and we, you know, sh shot off fireworks, whatever. And like, just you remember those moments. You don't remember what your friends looked like in their bikinis. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know. That would be my biggest piece of advice. And again, it's a practice. Like all of this stuff is easier said than done. All of this stuff is easier for me to say than it is for you to actually experience because I understand I'm, you know, I'm validating what you're feeling about your body because like I have been there and it's so tough. It's tough to, you know, take off your your cover and feel just like all of the eyes on the beach are looking at you, right? Like it's scary, but I think it's almost like exposure therapy. And the more you do it, you're kind of just like, 
you know, like, and just give, have that like degaff attitude. Just be like, you know, even if everyone is looking at my body and everyone thinks I look like shit, like, I don't care. You know, like I think I look great and just Mm -hmm. fake it till you make it. Like just keep repeating that to yourself. Um, and eventually you'll, you know, start to believe it. I am so on board with that exposure therapy thing. This is what I do in my own life around anything and everything. Like when I'm terrified of something and I know it's going to help me grow, I like, will do it, you know, a little bit of it. And then you realize, oh wait, I'm still okay. Like I'm still here. My body's here. I'm alive. I'm well, people still love me. I can do it again. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably the same thing with whether it's fear around showing your body or going to the beach or whatever. I actually... Um, had someone tell me once, um, it was probably a year or two ago, they, we were talking about body image and they said, you know, she said that what she had found was that once she had something bigger in her life that she was passionate about, she was pouring all of her energy into that. She no longer even had the energy anymore to focus on her body. And it naturally kind of just like didn't, wasn't the center of her life. And it Mm -hmm. happened by accident. You know, is that something that you feel like I don't know what's happened in your life or something totally. that totally. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. That's <laughs> oh, everything. Yeah. I mean, just like, I think a lot of people struggle. I have, a, okay. I have a lot to say about this. So I think a lot of people <laughs> struggle with like food in their bodies in college yeah. because, and even high school, but mostly like college, high school at that time, because like, you know, number one, obviously you're kind of growing into yourself, trying to figure out who you are or whatever. You're probably trying to impress, you know, someone to like be in a relationship with. Right. And so there's a lot, but you also have a lot of free time and a lot of downtime. Like I remember in college just having so much downtime, like, mm-hmm. cause I had like one class a day, two classes a day. Right. And like just so much time to focus on my body where now, I mean, not that like I'm telling everyone you have to be busy 24 seven, but really also in college, like I didn't have that many passions. You know, I was just like drinking all the time and going to school and that was it. And like now, you know, with my business, oh my gosh, like I spend so much energy. I I love that. It's almost like crowding out, you know, it's like I'm crowding out those negative thoughts with like, or just crowding out the headspace with, you know, focusing on my business and growing that and, you know, focusing on my relationship and having like the best, most passionate, like fulfilling relationship that I can have. Um, And, you know, not even just with Eric, but with my family and my friends. And like, I think just the more you can be life focused rather than food focused is, is really huge. And um, yeah, another thing I wanted to touch on is like what we were talking about before we started recording where I think, yeah, right now this time, a lot of people are focusing on their bodies because we have so much time, you know, maybe you're still working from home, but like you're home, you're just, you have time. (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. And so Yeah. So try and, you know, if you do have extra time on your hands, maybe filling that with things that, you know, different passions that you have that are outside of food, you know, maybe it's like you take up a zoom salsa dancing class. I don't know, like whatever you start, you know, cooking or spending time with your kids, like whatever it is, just finding something that you can channel that energy towards, because especially if you have those, you know, predisposed, um, habits and and thought patterns around food, like as soon as you get, you know, extra time, you're probably going to start redirecting that nervous, like energy towards, Mm -hmm. towards that. So yeah, I, I definitely experienced that in my own life. And, um, and I think it's just that crowding out that really helped. Right. Totally. And I had the same experience where when I started the business I have now a little over a year ago, I mean, I had done most of the healing around food in my body, but there was still like some that would come up. And, uh, about a year ago when I started the business I have now, like it just, it disappeared and look back and I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize that that went away. It wasn't a problem at all anymore. And it's because 
all my time and energy is spent pouring myself into my business that I love and that helps people. And I'm like, why would I give away any second of that energy that can help other people to hating my body? Mm. And, you know, I don't have the same super athletic body that I used to have a couple of years ago. And I love it even more, mm-hmm. right? Because I literally don't even have the energy or time to hate it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? it's, just, it's, it's not even something I think about. So yeah, I, I think that's really huge. And something else I wanted to ask you is let's say you had Allie from, I don't know, five or 10 years ago sitting in front of you right now. What would you tell her? Like, what would like be the biggest thing that you wish you could let her know? Mm, yes. I love that question. Um, yeah. So Allie, like five or 10 years ago, I would say, oh, there's so many things that I would tell her. Um, <laughs> where do I even begin? How much time? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's go with like the most important two or three yeah, things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say, I mean, kind of just touching on what I just talked about with the bikini thing, like no one cares, but like with love, you know, mm-hmm. like, but, but saying that because I think, I put so much pressure on myself, like not even body image stuff, but like, what am I going to, you know, like graduating college? I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? Like this, um, the pressure of like having my whole life planned out, like no one cares. Like, you know, because I was pre-med MCAT, the whole thing thinking I'm going to be a doctor. And then I'm like, I hate blood. I hate sick people. I hate hospitals. And really the only reason I was doing the pre-med track was because of my ego. Right. And I was yeah. like, well, I have to be a doctor because like, I want that. I, I'm always looking for that. Wow. Factor. I'm always looking for impressing people in that way. And also the security of like, it's a, such a secure career path, like, you know, and which is hilarious because now I'm like in the entrepreneur <laughs> right. kind of things like the most insecure, you know, <laughs> in like food, a food startup, like whatever. And, um, yeah. And just, I wish I could go back and say like, no one cares So like do whatever, so do you like do what you love and really are passionate about and follow, follow your heart in that way. That would be the biggest thing. Second thing I would say is like live it up, you know, and I really, I did live it up in college, like not even from like a drinking partying standpoint, Mm -hmm. but like I really did. But there were also moments where I was so preoccupied with food and my body and um, I definitely did miss out too in other, other instances. So um, yeah, I mean, I think just like live it up. Um, and also, yeah, just do you and follow your passion and, you know, don't worry about what other people think. Yeah. I love that. And I wish I could tell myself the same message yeah. five or 10 years ago. Like I'm just thinking if I understood all of this back then, you know, but you know, obviously we went through those journeys for a reason, especially you. So now you can be the example for people and this like amazing leader who can share these messages. And I know this is going to touch so many people. Um, do you have any last, I don't know if there's something that you really wanted to touch on that we didn't touch on or any words of wisdom for people who are listening that you just really want to share? Um, I mean, not really. I would say, yeah. I mean, just kind of tying a bow on everything, you know, I know this time for anyone listening, like this time is obviously unprecedented, so Mm -hmm. stressful in so many ways. Um, and I would just say, be as kind to yourself as you can and really just, as non-judgmental as you can. I mean, I think if there's like one theme throughout this whole interview and episode, it's like we judge ourselves so harshly and say things to ourselves we would never say to other people. And so, um, yeah, I would say like your one takeaway, not, I don't want to say homework because that's so lame, (laughs) your homework from this episode. But like one takeaway would be like, like after listening to this is like, just start to notice the things that you say to yourself. Right. And like, good things, bad things, neutral things, like just start to notice your thoughts. And that has been 
game changing for me because so often I would just say things to myself that were super negative and nasty and I wouldn't even notice that I was saying them. And so like, I just treated them as a fact and like, they're not, they're not a fact. Like my body is not disgusting. Um, even if my brain creates that thought, like I don't have to believe it. So yeah, that would be like my only thing, I guess, is just be kind to yourself. And this time is like such a crazy ass time, you know, it's wild. And so you're doing the best you can um, with what you have. And if that means that you're emotional eating more than normal, like that's okay, you know? And I just don't try to let, you know, I, all these, I'm seeing all these things on social media, like get a six pack, you know, out of quarantine. Like that is toxic. All of that is so toxic. But like, if that's also your prerogative, like great, but, but like, <laughs> it's toxic because, you know, like we're all doing the best we can and um, yeah, just be kind to yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. And I think it sounds so simple and most people, you know, probably like, Oh, whatever. I'm kind to myself. But like, if you really think about it, you know, most of us can be a lot kinder to ourselves. So even if you're listening and you're dismissing that, like, oh, I'm kind enough to myself, like actually sit with that for a minute and be like, wait, in what ways could I be kinder to myself throughout the day? And so I thank you for sharing that. I'm going to set that intention in my life for sure. Yeah. And it also looks, being kind to yourself looks different for every single person. Mm. For for one person, it could be skipping the gym because maybe they are over-exercising. And for another person, it could be forcing themselves to go to the gym because they know that it's the right thing to do for their bodies and they haven't gone and like, you know, years, <laughs> I don't know, but right. you only, you know, right. So yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, for me, sometimes being kind to myself is like letting myself take a nap. Mm -hmm. You know, my mind is like, Kristen, you need to work. You need to put in three more hours of hustle. And I'm like, no, my body's tired. I'm going to take a nap. Like for me, that is like such a massive act of self-love, which I could not do a year ago. So yeah, you're right. It looks different for everyone. And you know, nothing's black and white. It's all about listening to yourself, listening to your body and your intuition. And thank you for sharing everything. Like just, wow, I am blown away and just so honored because I know this is going to help so many people. And for everyone listening who I know now wants to go stalk you, how (laughs) can they find you and how can they buy your granola butter if they would like to? Awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. So it's avoqueen, A-V-O-K-W-E-E-N. Um, and then our brand is same uh, queen K W E N. Um, and we're available. We actually just launched into whole foods on the East coast and so Northeast and then down in Florida. So super excited about that. That was just this month, but, um, you can find us. Yeah. So we're on the West coast and East coast of whole foods now, but, um, if you're anywhere in between, then we're on Amazon. Um, so you can find us there and yeah. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Of course. And we'll, <laughs> I'll make sure that we link the, uh, the links to everything below in the show notes for anyone um, who wants to go check out your Instagram or wants to purchase on Amazon. So we'll have that for everyone. And yeah, just thank you so much. You are incredible. So incredible. So honored that I got to have this conversation with you. And um, yeah, thank you again. Awesome. Thank you.